Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast and welcome to this episode. This episode is going to be all about five ways to have stronger relationships, whether it be romantic relationships, platonic relationships, relationships with your parents, friends, anybody. It doesn't matter. I think all of these tips can apply to any type of relationship that you have and they can help make your relationship stronger and just build better foundations of trust and loyalty and communication between the people within your life. And especially now, I think it's a good time to go over over ways to have better relationships with it being the start of a new year because relationships really create the foundation of our lives. If we are suffering within our romantic relationships, then that could reflect itself in bad performance at work or at school. And same goes with our friendships or with our relationships with our parents. When our relationships are suffering, they usually pour over into other aspects of our lives and impact our performance, our ability to communicate with other people, and just in general create a more negative outlook. So I think it's a really good place to start especially at the new year with really starting to learn ways to form better relationships so that way you can thrive in all other aspects of your life. So before we get into those five ways I just want to give a little weekly update of what's been going on these past two weeks. I missed those episodes. I just got back from a trip with my family and was hanging out with them over the holidays and wasn't really able to get any podcasts out. And to be completely honest, I've been feeling kind of down about this whole podcast thing. I've been experiencing some pretty like negative beliefs and not really believing in myself and just having like really a negative outlook on it. And I told myself that I'm not going to do that. You know, this is just for fun. It's something for me and to help me on my journey. And that's all it has to be. Not posting anything for two weeks and kind of just stepping away from it for a little bit kind of gave me that ability to really think about if this was something that I really wanted to do. And I definitely do. So I'm coming back. I'm 100% in it. And you know, when I make a choice, I want to be all in or else why even bother to do it at all? So other than that and getting back to the podcast and trying to be really consistent with updating it weekly and hopefully we can grow a little community around it. I am just starting back in school. It's my last semester of college and I'm so excited for this semester to be over already. <laughs> I mean, it literally just started, but it's my last year of college and I'm just ready to be done. I'm ready to move on to the next phase of life. And this next four months will go by super fast and I'm just gonna try to enjoy it to the best that I can and then we'll see what happens after. Like with all the other episodes, I'd love to start off with just some faith insight to get us going. So this one comes from Proverbs 17, 17, and it says, a friend loves at all times. I think with this, and what's being said here is that the real trait to a long-lasting relationship comes from love. And obviously there has to be other things mixed into it like trust, loyalty, communication, respect, so on. Love can't just be the only thing to make a long-lasting relationship survive. But it is definitely the most important thing to making sure that you have a long-lasting relationship. Because with all relationships, you're going to go through hurdles, which is something that I'll go into and talk about with these, each of these five points. 
And like with all relationships, it's never going to just be easy sailing. There's always going to be hoops to jump over and things that you go through and ups and downs that you struggle with, no matter if it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, a relationship with a family member. God puts these hurdles and these hardships into our lives and into our relationships for a reason. He wants us to test ourselves and make sure that we are acting out of love for our friends and for our partners and for people within our lives and that the things that we do within these relationships comes from a place of love and not a place of trying to get something out of the other person or manipulation or anything any toxic behavior like that and so like it says in this quote you have to love them through the good and the bad times and especially nowadays i think a lot of people within relationships especially within the 20 something age range is that they love the people during the good times and then as soon as the bad times start to come around people like to abandon the relationship and since with social media and dating apps and everything it's really really easy to get instant gratification from someone else so you can go through these low periods within a relationship and say you know what I actually don't want to do this anymore and you can go instantly find somebody else and you just start off with all the good things and then as soon as the bad things hit again you can just repeat that same cycle so it's really just people just abandoning the love that they have had within that relationship to just go instantly and find it somewhere else and that's why it's really important to remember what it says in this quote and that love is really what forms those long-lasting relationships and if you don't abandon that love then you can have that and of course this applies to healthy relationships not toxic ones if it's a toxic relationship then it's a completely different world and I want to probably talk about that in a different episode because that's a whole different ballgame so let's get into the five ways to have better relationships and remember these are not for toxic relationships they apply to healthy relationships between family members romantic partners friendships any type of relationship that you may have within your life so all these five tips are formed around the basis that all relationships go over hurdles. Like mentioned before, no relationship is going to be easy or smooth sailing. It's going to require work. It's going to require effort. And if you want it to last, it's going to require compromise, respect, communication, and so on. There's a lot that goes into a relationship. And I think a lot of times, especially nowadays, people assume that when you're in a relationship, you can stop putting in the work. And then that's when people get complacent. And then other problems arise because a a solid relationship hasn't been formed, like a solid relationship that's built on communication, loyalty, friendship, friendship, which is the biggest one probably. It's really easy to just be like, all right, I'm out of here. Then when those hurdles do come up and you don't have that strong foundation laid out, then it's really easy to just abandon ship. And so to really have a strong foundation and be able to get over these hurdles smoothly, you have to develop tactics and ways to make sure that your relationship can last through them. So number one, the first way to have better relationships is to set realistic expectations. So with this tactic, it is tackling the hurdle of having unmet expectations. The hurdle of having unmet expectations within a relationship is probably one of the biggest things that most relationships go through because everybody has expectations and perhaps you may have heard the saying that expectations are just premeditated resentments because they usually come and form off the basis of a person thinking that something's gonna happen but they have no valid reason to think that it should happen in the first place you know so just expecting something to happen without good reason for that expectation 
And then when we don't get what we want or the expectation doesn't happen, we can feel upset. And usually that upset feeling that we experience displays itself as a form of resentment in platonic or romantic relationships towards the other person. So the best way to handle the hurdle of unmet expectations within your relationship is to set and establish realistic expectations and it doesn't matter at what point you are in your relationship so if you've been dating someone for six years and you all of a sudden have a new boundary and expectation that you want to establish make it known so that your partner knows what to do when you have expectations so they know how to handle it and you both can form boundaries around your expectations but if you don't communicate it to your partner then how are they supposed to know so the first thing with this one is to really identify what exactly is realistic expectations and what are unreasonable expectations. So for realistic expectations, these can be respect, time, challenging the person, encouraging growth within the relationship. So for example, if you've been dating someone and you've been in it for a while and say you're spending more time together and you notice that they're just spending more and more time on their phone than they were at the beginning of the relationship and this bothers you because you're actively trying to engage with them and give them your attention but they're not giving you that attention and respect back, then you have every right to go to them and respectfully say, hey, I want to establish the expectation that when we're together, we're not just mindlessly scrolling through social media or on our phones. You know, it's one thing if you have to text somebody and respond to a message or handle something for work, but if we're together and we're just mindlessly scrolling through Instagram or TikTok and ignoring each other and not spending quality time together, then that's not okay. And if that's something that bothers you, then you have every right to ask that of your partner and to establish that expectation. And the same goes with any other type of distraction like video games or TV or anything of that nature. Just the biggest thing when establishing these expectations is to communicate it to the person so that way it isn't the premeditated resentment because if they don't know that you expect something from them, then they're never going to live up to that expectation. And when resentment creeps into a relationship, it's the biggest relationship killer. So you want to try to avoid that at all cost. So some examples of expectations that aren't reasonable would be wanting the person to act or react in the same way as you do, wanting them to be your first source of happiness, expecting perfection from them, or getting upset when they have a different emotional response to things that you would normally have. These are all unreasonable expectations because they all revolve around the idea that you are asking the person to think and act in the same way that you do but we're all individuals we're all different people and especially within romantic relationships and sometimes friendships too it can be hard to remember that you are independent from that person that you two do not have to think the same you don't have to act the same you don't have to believe the same things you don't have to have the same opinions about things you're completely separate and it's good to be separate and it's good to be different you want to have that within your relationship but if you're sitting there and expecting the person to act and think and respond to things in the same way as you are then it's going to lead to even more resentment between the two of you because your partner or your friend or family member isn't going to want to act in that way that's not their normal way to respond to things or act like say if you're asking perfection of them it's unfair to expect them to respond perfectly to things it's just an unfair expectation because nobody can live up to a standard like that so with this one and setting realistic expectations it's also really important to allow both of you to figure out what your expectations even are 
If you don't have the time and space and freedom within your life to figure out what you want, what you want from the relationship, and how you want to be treated, then how are you going to make your expectations known to the other person? You have to have some level of individuality within your relationship and independence to think for yourself of what you want and what you want from the relationship. And then you have the right to ask for what's reasonable once you establish what your expectations are. And the biggest way to do this is really to just invest time and play to your strengths and weaknesses within the relationship and figure out what works for you guys and what doesn't and just communicate it to each other. Number two, this one is connect before you correct. This one comes from the hurdle of mistrust and disrespect. Mistrust and disrespect are two things within a relationship that when trust and respect start to disappear can lead to contempt creeping into the relationship and they're just two really big things that once they start to work their way into the relationship, it's a pretty good sign that the relationship is probably out on its way out. So when you do start to get this hurdle of mistrust and disrespect, you want to be able to go over it smoothly. And the best way to handle that is to connect before you correct. What this means is that you should communicate with value and hold back the need to give constant criticism. So if you're in a fight with somebody or disagreement or some type of drama within your relationship, it's a really important that you just take the time to connect with them first and try to really understand what their perspective is and put yourself into their shoes and basically really seek to understand what they are saying and hear them out before you try to make them understand you or correct what they're saying to fit what you believe. There's a saying that people go where they feel welcomed but stay where they feel valued. So by not instantly correcting someone in a disagreement or an argument, you're allowing the person to feel valued because in a time where they may be feeling hurt, you're listening to them and trying to make sense of what's going on to make them want to stay. So imagine you're in a scenario where you're in a disagreement with somebody and you're trying to talk it out with them, but you're just criticizing, but they're just criticizing you the whole time, correcting you, and instead of actually listening to what you're saying, they're kind of nitpicking at what you're saying and say, well, that's not true. That actually didn't happen, but it's besides the point of the whole argument in the first place. And it's kind of just sending both of you down a rabbit hole where after a three hour fight, you don't even know what the heck you're fighting about. And when someone's doing this to you, it's not making you feel seen or heard or bringing value into the relationship. It's making you feel small and little and like your emotions and things that you're feeling aren't valid. And that is never going to want to make anybody stay, especially within romantic relationships. Why would why would people want to stay if they're being treated like that? So the best way to avoid that is to try to connect with each other before correcting. So making them feel valued and heard before you resort to criticizing them and just really trying to listen to what they're saying and take the time to actually think about what they said before you respond is really important too because a lot of times, especially when arguments, when somebody's talking, we're just sitting there thinking about what we're going to say back. But instead, within our arguments or disagreements, sit there, listen, and be aware of what they're actually saying. And then you you can take the time. You can take five seconds to think of a response after they've finished talking. You don't have to immediately rush with a response back. So just having that sort of awareness of saying like, okay, I'm going to connect with you before I correct you or criticize you or nitpick at you. And I promise that 
when doing this, this will make disagreements and arguments so much smoother and keep you from going down a bunch of different avenues of nitpicking and fighting and where you don't even know what the heck you started fighting about in the first place. And it'll definitely help you streamline the process of working through the argument or disagreement and get you over the hurdle of mistrust and disrespect much quicker and much more smoothly. Because when somebody is constantly criticizing in times of strain within a relationship and not connecting, it allows space for mistrust and disrespect and it prevents people from feeling valued. And why would you trust and respect someone that doesn't make you feel valued? Third one is to be selfish so you can be selfless. So this one is basically another way of saying that you have to fill your own cup first. You have to put yourself first in order to fully be there within your relationships. So this one is kind of like a way to prevent a disagreement from or argument or hardship within a relationship from happening in the first place. It's kind of like a premeditative tactic that you can use to prevent bad things from happening and prevent strain on your relationship. You have to prioritize yourself and fill your cup first before you can fill your your partner's or your friend's or your family member's cup. So say you're a mom and you just are overextending yourself all the time, like giving all of yourself to your kids or to people at work or other people in your life and you're just drained and exhausted. And because you're exhausted and drained and haven't given yourself the time to really relax and have some self-care and you snap at your kid when they did nothing wrong or you get into a pointless argument at work when there was no need to have it and it's that type of thing where you say like oh if I had just taken 10 minutes to relax and just like take a couple deep breaths maybe this these situations wouldn't happen or if I had just taken 30 minutes in between caring for my kids to or not even 30 minutes maybe like 10 to just sit down and eat something and drink some water then maybe I wouldn't have just snapped at my kid and it's the same thing within romantic relationships as well say you um are in a long distance relationship with the person and you usually call each other every single night but you're starving and you get really really hangry and you just know that if you don't eat and you talk to them on the phone it's going to probably lead to an argument because you're grumpy and you don't really feel like talking and you know that you need to eat so instead of calling just go eat Just go eat first, take care of yourself first, take a bath, do whatever you need to do, and then when you feel ready, you can go communicate with that person or spend time with that person and do what you guys normally do and continue with your normal routine. And sometimes there may be nights within relationships or friendships where you don't want to engage with them when you need a time to yourself to just relax and reflect and just veg out in your room in the dark watching 10 episodes of your favorite TV series. Like you have every single right to take that time for yourself to do it. Because if you are overextending yourself and you're giving all of yourself to everybody else around you, you're cutting yourself short and it's just eventually like giving all those pieces of yourself to other people is going to lead to you not giving enough to yourself and is going to cause you to resent other people, to become crabby and grumpy and to treat other people poorly because you're not treating yourself right. You can't treat other people well if you're not treating yourself well first. So you have to be selfish and take some time and just do what you want to do first before you can be selfless and continue with the fulfillment of the relationship. Nobody wants to be 
with somebody who is constantly cutting themselves short and not filling their cup up first. You want to have that balance of independence within your any type of relationship where you can take the time for yourself and do what you need to do so that way you can give more to your relationships. Number four is to have a teammate mentality. Having a teammate mentality gets you over the hurdle of poor conflict resolution styles. So this hurdle is basically when conflict does arrive when you're within your relationship. Instead of looking at the problem as like this is us versus the problem, poor conflict resolution styles can normally look like you to resorting to it's me versus him or it's me versus her or it's me versus my mom or it's me versus this coworker instead of you two against whatever the problem is. You really want to reprogram and create an automatic response to turn up better within conflict in your life. So this means having the awareness, the self-awareness to instead of if you normally get into conflict and you your typical response is to get really, really emotional or really, really angry. It's learning to reprogram that automatic response that you normally resort to into one that is more aware of what's going on, aware of the situation, and that comes from a place of, oh, me and my partner are a team and we're going to tackle this together instead of against each other. Because when you're going into conflict and problems with the mentality of that we are against each other, it's going to refrain you from being able to get over that hurdle smoothly because you're not going to have the tactics in your toolbox or the tools in your toolbox to effectively communicate and have compassion and connect before you correct within the conflict. You want to make sure that you both are going into any type of conflict with the mentality of like, okay, we're in this together. I know it sucks and I'm, I may not exactly be very happy with you right now. Like if they did something that made you angry, you may not be very happy with them. You could be, you can still be angry at them. You can still be a little bitter. You can still be upset over what they did if they did something, but just come to it with the mentality of like, okay, this is my teammate. I'm not going to abandon my team. If you play team sports and you are familiar with this mentality for sure, like you're not going to abandon your your teammates during a game at all you're gonna suck it up and you're gonna get through it because at the end of the day that's all you can do together that's at the end of the day it's just you two together and if you continuously allow problems to get in between you two it's just gonna pull you guys further away from each other and it's just gonna make getting over conflict harder so to really develop a teammate mentality I think the best way to go about it for romantic relationships in particular is to develop a deep friendship if your romantic partner isn't someone that you can consider your best friend, then you may need to reevaluate the relationship or you may need to put more effort into the relationship to make them your best friend. And the same goes with friendships. If you guys are continuously butting heads and letting jealousy get in the in between you two or resentment get in between you two, maybe it's time to really reflect on your friendship in the first place and say like, oh, where are we lacking right now? Is And it usually I think when relationships move away from being more of a team and turn into more of like you versus me, it's when communication lacks and when people's needs aren't being met and when people's needs aren't being met, it's usually a result of poor communication. So the best way to really establish that team mentality within the two of you is to communicate. And you can apply this to any of your relationships with family members, coworkers, anyone just 
at the very basis, just try to improve the communication between the two of you and the rest will follow. And number five, have a mission for your relationship. This one is a really big thing and I think a lot of relationships, especially nowadays, don't really have a mission behind them. Um, especially with romantic relationships, a lot of people get into them just because they're like, oh, you're hot, I'm hot, like, let's just date. And then they start off with just having sex and then the rest follows where they date and then they become friends. But by forming your relationships around the idea of having a mission, it helps you get over the hurdle of feeling lost within your relationship and getting complacent. Getting complacent within your relationship is a huge relationship killer. Once a person starts to get too comfortable within friendships, romantic relationships, whatever, they stop putting in that effort that they did at the beginning to try to get to know you and to essentially win you over. And the other person feels that. Like when one individual within the relationship gets complacent, it is really, really evident to the other person that it's happening if they're aware of what's going on and paying attention. It's really easy for them to notice because they'll they'll start seeing signs. They'll start seeing seeing the person sitting on their phone more or they'll start seeing the person get more distant or they'll start seeing the person not do the little things that they used to do. And those little things and paying attention and being present with your partner are huge to making sure that you don't become complacent and comfortable. And I think far too often, especially within relationships nowadays, people get into them based on just literally physical attraction and not physical attraction or them wanting something from the other person when it comes to like friendships and you can't have strong long-lasting relationships with that kind of mentality you have to have a mission so like with romantic relationships maybe your mission is to both be running and serving God at the same pace together and you have God at the center of your relationship and you fill your cups through God and through yourself and then your relationship like that is probably one of the best ways if you are a faith-based individual to make sure that all of your relationships are long-lasting is by having God at the center of them and each one of you running towards God at the same exact pace. And that one's a great one too because it takes away that feeling of lost because when you have a devoted faith in God and all of your anxiety and fear about the future, or like where this relationship may be going or how your life's going to turn out are at ease because you trust in God and you have that comfortability and you have that trust that everything with him is going to be okay. And it also gets you through the hurdle of complacency because you both are not so focused on yourselves as individuals and like what, what you want and what you want out of this life. And you're more focused on like how I can live my life through God and like how does God want me to live my life and like how does God want me to act with other people and how does God want me to keep the spark alive within this relationship and so that's a really really big one and the mission for relationships can look completely different for every single relationship so for some people some friendships maybe their mission is to help support each other through their healing process or one friendship or if it's like a mother-daughter relationship maybe their mission is to both act as role models for one another because the mom can be a role, role model and the daughter can also be a role model and vice versa like they can be role models for each other so just having that mission within your relationship really can help you keep the spark alive within the relationship and can help things be, be more level-headed, especially in disagreements and arguments. It can help things become more clear of like what's actually going on and help you realize that, hey, like maybe this 
thing that we're arguing about doesn't really matter because it, it doesn't align with our mission within the relationship. So maybe we should just let it go. So really to identify like what your mission should be within your relationship, you have to really sit down and do some self-reflection first for yourself, but also can talk to your friend, your partner, family member, whoever, and really figure out like, hey, what are some of our own personal ideals that align that we can bring to this relationship to help make it better? So those were the five ways that you can have better relationships and improve the relationships that you have. Uh, an important thing to remember with all of this is that we invest so much of ourselves into our jobs, careers, and other aspects of our lives that it is really easy to let the needs of our relationships slip. So by living through these ways and these tactics and really utilizing them and keeping them as tools in your toolbox, you can form stronger relationships that can help set you up for success and develop meaningful relationships with others that bring both of you together in a thriving atmosphere you know, where you're building each other up instead of tearing each other down and you're just both improving as individuals and together. You cannot solve a problem with the same level of thinking that got you there. So by really reflecting on these five ways and seeing how you can apply them to your current relationships and doing some self-reflection within yourself and maybe even see how you can apply them to your relationship with yourself because all of these you can do with yourself as well. You can really learn to solve problems in a better and more effective way. So I hope that was enjoyable and that everybody who listened was able to learn a little something from it. I know while creating this episode, I learned from it and I have some things that I'm going to try to work on and do better in times of conflict within my relationships, uh, especially the being selfless or being selfish so you can be selfless part and then continue to like develop a mission within all of my personal relationships. Um, I think all those things are just really important to remember and I hope everyone who listened was able to learn something from it. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Remember to follow the Instagram, leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback and I will see you all next week. Thank you. Bye.